Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale. Even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. Sometimes our commander-in-chief, ideally upholder of the law, fails to inspire us. Take the 1970s. Well, I'm not a crook. Or the 90s. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. And now the 21st century. I'm an extremely stable genius. You're about to hear two attorneys make sense out of a legal system some say is a train wreck. Here are Royal Oaks and Connor Oaks. This is Too Many Lawyers. This is Too Many Lawyers, and I'm Royal Oaks. But Connor Oaks is not here today. It's a special edition of the show. Why? Because I've got COVID. I'll give you a little medical update in a second. But didn't want to infect my son, Connor, so I'm flying solo today. Before I give you the medical update, though, um, basically the show's going to be all about celebrities on trial. And if you follow the podcast, you know that every week at the end of the podcast, we play a game called Guess the Verdict. And I give Connor the real-life facts of a case, and he tries to guess the outcome. Well, he's not here, so we're not going to be playing that game. But I am going to put myself into Connor's shoes. I'm going to guess the verdict in the Celebrity Palooza trial lineup that we're going to talk about. And we'll compare my betting average to Connor's. What are the four big trials? First, Harvey Weinstein. Will he go free? Now, his trial is starting here in Los Angeles. If the New York conviction is reversed and Harvey wins here, he walks. I'll give you my prediction as to the outcome of that case. Number two, Kevin Spacey. He is on trial. It's a civil case for emotional distress and battery. The judge just tossed out the emotional distress part. So who's going to win, Kevin Spacey or his accuser? I'll give you my prediction there. Thirdly, Elizabeth Holmes. Remember the gal up in uh, Silicon Valley who decided she had a way to figure out from a single drop of blood whether somebody has 200 uh, illnesses, ailments, diseases, etc. Will she get a new trial because of a wacky witness recanting his testimony? I'll give you my prediction. And finally, will Scientology actor Danny Masterson be convicted here in Los Angeles of rape? I'll give you my prediction there as well. So quick moment on my COVID experience. Nothing special. I have been super lucky. Many, so many people have not been, but I just wanted to share my experience. Uh, I have been lucky for a long time. My wife, Lauren, got it months ago, and I didn't get it. I thought, you know, I'd read online, some people have kind of a genetic uh, defense predisposition against it. No, not really, because uh, I got it uh, probably during our recent trip to Albuquerque. And so you come back, seems like most people you talk to who get it, they say, yeah, yeah, I was traveling. I was in an airplane or I was in and out of airports and so on. So my experience was last Wednesday, I felt really bad 
And of course, uh, I decided to test myself uh, Thursday morning and it was positive. So I check in with the doctor and ask about Paxlovid. And he says, you know, you ought to try to avoid Paxlovid. You get the rebound and so on. So I tried to avoid it for about two days. So by the end of Friday, wow, fever and aches and cough and congestion, oddly no sore throat. Anyway, I decided, <laughs> got to go with the Paxlovid. I got to say, I took it maybe 9 p.m. on a Friday. By a couple of hours later, the symptoms were gone, except fatigue. You feel like you've been run over by a truck. And then the next few days, really bad fatigue and this bitter metallic aftertaste you get from Paxlovid. The aches continued Saturday, Sunday, started to ease off on Monday. And now today, Tuesday, feeling okay, actually. Now there's a rebound of possible. Let's say after you do your five-day Paxlovid course, it's possible the symptoms will come back. We shall see. Hopefully, uh, my pal Jim Moray tells me that if that does happen, his understanding is that the symptoms uh, are pretty mild compared to what they might have been. So we'll hope uh, Jim is uh, correct. And that's my experience. So before we get to the four celebrity trials, I wanted to give you a couple of uh, quick human interest items. Number one, you think you've run into nutcases at the office? Well, you ain't heard nothing yet. A former partner of a big law firm, big international firm called K&L Gates, has been convicted of cyber-stalking his former colleagues. A Manhattan federal jury on Monday found a fired partner of that firm was guilty of criminal cyber-stalking in a digital harassment campaign where he targeted former colleagues at his law firm. There was a week-long trial in federal court, and the jury has convicted Willie Dennis of three charges of cyber-stalking after prosecuted, prosecutors said he sent, get this, thousands of threatening emails and texts to K&L Gates partners between 2018 and 2020. And, oh, by the way, this brain surgeon is representing himself. Red flag alert, nutcase at work whenever you represent yourself at trial. He is facing up to three, five years in prison on each count. So according to the U.S. attorney's allegations, texts, emails, other threatening communications, sometimes hundreds a day, he terrified his former colleagues to the point where they had serious concerns for their safety. Uh, he, uh, uh, Mr. Dennis did not immediately respond to a request for comment about the conviction. How odd. Didn't take time to return a reporter's call. Well, he's probably planning his futile appeal. During the opening statements, the prosecutors told uh, the jury uh, that he used degrading names, violent imagery, threats against families and against their careers. He said, had warnings like, I will find you, better sleep with one eye open. Uh, it was just, just amazing. One of his colleagues had to move to a different state. One, another slept with a loaded gun under his pillow. Meanwhile, Mr. Dennis told the jury he was justified in emailing his former co-workers to complain about sexual harassment and poor management at the firm. Right. He, he told the jury the evidence will show I actually sent these emails to put the partners on notice of very specific misconduct. Yeah, thousands of them, three years. Amazing. So uh, he was a longtime member of their uh, corporate practice. He, he gave an erratic opening statement that prompted a bunch of objections from the government. The judge rebuked him for bringing up off-limits topics like interactions with cops and unrelated events like the war in Ukraine. Judge had to keep saying, please confine yourself to the issues in this case. 
the judge's frustration uh, mounted uh, during the trial when Dennis shows up a half hour late for jury selection. And the judge also chastised the, the defendant for continuing a long pattern of sending improper emails to the court. Oh my God, the judge probably thought, is this real? Where's Ashton Kutcher? Am I being punked? I, I, I mean, this is truly amazing. So he represented himself, as I mentioned, with assistance from standby counsel Karloff Commissioning. Uh, I bet that was a fun job, being standby assi- uh, counsel for this guy. Uh, what do you bet that Karloff, by the way, what was Karloff's, what were his parents thinking when they named him Karloff? I mean, I don't like to judge, but anyway, uh, maybe they were under time pressure. Uh, what do you bet Karloff's been getting emails to? You know, you were supposed to sit on my right, not my left. You better sleep with one eye open. Is that even a thing? I don't know. All right, so now I'm going to shift gears and go soft on this guy. Um, I'm not one of those folks who say, hey, the defendant did blow up a convent of nuns, but doggone it, he had a tough childhood, you know, fetal alcohol syndrome and very unhappy. But here, can there be any doubt that this guy is not playing with a full deck? In which case, didn't he really screw himself by not getting a lawyer who could put on evidence that he's nuts? By picking himself as his lawyer, he guaranteed he wouldn't be putting on what was probably his only chance to get off or get a really short sentence, coupled with a long series of sessions with a shrink, I guess. But say la vie or say la crazy, whatever. All right, human interest item number two. Oh, you're going to love this. There's a new vote buying technique, more sex. Have you heard about uh, Alexandra Hunt? She's a Democrat running for Congress in Pennsylvania. She's come up with a can't-lose campaign strategy, more sex for young men. This is her series of tweets. Quote, Young men aren't having sex. Nearly a third of men under 30 have not had sex. At a higher percent, do not have as much sex as they'd like. Not exactly surprising, but this kind of statistic is a sign of much deeper problems. She goes on. And men who do not have sex suffer. They're less likely to be a part of the labor force, more likely to experience depression, nihilism, and other mental health issues. Could be nihilism, I'm not sure. We're going to call it nihilism for now. She says, The Me Too movement accomplished so much, and we have to take the next step, normalizing having healthy, positive, consensual sex, decriminalizing sex work. We should be moving toward a right to sex, I'll repeat that. We should be moving toward a right to sex. People should be able to have sex when they feel they want to, and we need to develop services that meet people's needs. End quote. That's the end of the tweet from the crazy lady. Hmm. A right to sex. So I guess that means the guy goes to the government office and says, hey, this is awkward, but I'm a little short this month, but I'd really, really like to have sex, you know, with a a sex worker and everything. So if I could apply for one of those government-free sex welfare coupons, that would be great. I don't want to, you know, get into nihilism or those other mental health issues the lady was talking about. I have a, uh, what you might call a causation or correlation question. The good congresswoman in waiting, oh, she'll win, seems to have a theory. No sex causes no job and depression. Solution, plenty of sex. Uh, Then you'll have a job and you won't be depressed. Instead, however, uh, what about this? As to the one-third of men under 30 who haven't had sex, is it possible they don't have a job because they're really bad at working at jobs? And maybe ladies don't want to have sex with a guy who hasn't worked for five years. So that if they have their government sex, yes, they'll enjoy it, maybe, but it won't increase the chance they're going to get a job. 
What do you bet? What do you bet? Alexandra Hunt wins by a landslide. So maybe that's my first uh, guess the verdict uh, question of this special edition of Too Many Lawyers. Okay, on to uh, Celebrity Trial Palooza. We'll start with the Harvey Weinstein. Is he going to go free? The trial is starting here in Los Angeles. But if his conviction in New York is reversed and he wins here, guess what? He walks. He could be back on the red carpet and showing his ugly face at the Oscars. The Los Angeles trial is hugely important because there is a real possibility his New York conviction will be overturned. Why? Because the trial court in that case let several women whose claims were not part of the New York criminal case uh, allowed several of them to testify, even though they weren't the official complainants. It's kind of like the other cases you probably remember. Phil Spector, uh, he was, uh, the prosecution was allowed to put on evidence of several women who had not been shot to death by him. Lana Clarkson was killed by him. Uh, several women were allowed to testify. Then came the Bill Cosby case in Pennsylvania. Several women who were not the specific accuser, Andrea Constand, were allowed to testify and say, yeah, this is his pattern, his practice, his modus operandi. You're generally not supposed to allow a bunch of accusers to testify to show pattern and practice. Occasionally, you can support that. Occasionally, judges will get away with it. But in general, you're not supposed to. And the appellate panel in New York sounds, from their comments during oral argument, like they're thinking of reversing Harvey Weinstein's conviction there. In which case, the Los Angeles prosecutors better have a really solid performance here in Los Angeles. Boy, I mean, in terms of, of getting a, an unbiased jury, if you thought it was hard to get an unbiased jury in cases involving people like Michael Jackson and O.J. Simpson, everybody has an opinion, everybody knows them. Just imagine how hard it's been here in Los Angeles to find 12 people who haven't already decided Harvey Weinstein is a monster. So the trial here in L.A., the background is, of course, overall, he's been accused by over 90 women of sexual misconduct. Trial started on uh, October 20. It's going to go about eight weeks. If convicted, he's facing a possible life sentence. The defense, of course, is going to, as they always do, talk about inconsistent statements, delays by the victims in complaining. For example, one victim posted a picture hours after her alleged assault by Weinstein saying, hey, I had a beautiful evening. Plenty of good answers and responses to this kind of thing, but it's the kind of thing that could add up to reasonable doubt, especially when all you need from the defense standpoint to prevent a conviction is one person, because you have to have a unanimous 12-person vote to to convict in Los Angeles. So the jury selection is, uh, is underway. Uh, the 23-year the sentence uh, that Weinstein is serving regarding his 2020 New York conviction, criminal sexual abuse and rape, he's, he's still uh, incarcerated because of that. But as I say, he is appealing that. The accuser's identity has to be kept secret. Uh, and the real question now is, you know, what about the prior bad act witnesses? The district attorney wanted 11 of these witnesses to testify who are not, their cases are not at issue in this particular trial. But instead, the judge allowed four prior bad act witnesses. This, of course, could be an appeal basis here in California as well. All right. Our next celebrity trial will be Kevin Spacey. We're going to get into the Kevin Spacey situation. After this pause, we'll be right back on Jimmy Lawrence.
Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. We're going through a uh, celebrity trial palooza litany. We've just talked about uh, Harvey Weinstein. Let's turn to Kevin Spacey. I'm going to give you my prediction. Oh, by the way, I forgot to give you my prediction on Harvey Weinstein. Here it is. Guilty. Guilty, guilty. He's, I mean, really. You can argue he didn't get a, a fair shake in terms of jury selection because, you know, everybody's heard that he's accused by 90 people. And how is a jury going to say, oh, the guy who was accused by 90 women, I'm going to find him not guilty in this particular case. Not going to happen. Who knows what happens on appeal, but I'm going to predict, yes, he is going to be convicted. All right, Kevin Spacey. Uh, He is on trial in Manhattan. It is not a criminal case. It is a civil case. The civil case was filed by an actor named Anthony Rapp. Anthony Rapp was 14 years of age back in 1986 when he alleges that Kevin Spacey made a sexual advance and this guy had to squirm away and leave. Um, He says, uh, the plaintiff, that he gets upset whenever he sees Kevin Spacey on the screen. He can't blame him if his allegations are true. A shrink has testified to say, yes, Mr. Rapp has post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, The allegations were intentional infliction of emotional distress and assault and battery. The judge actually tossed out the uh, intentional infliction of emotional distress count in the civil case, uh, concluding that based on the the trial evidence that has emerged, there's no way a rational, reasonable jury could uh, find that Spacey is liable for emotional distress. But the judge allowed the battery charge to stand. So that's what's left in the case. So the trial is going on and Kevin Spacey has testified and he's saying that it didn't happen. He's recanting an apology. A few years ago, Kevin Spacey said, look, I don't really remember this, but if it happened, oh my, do I apologize. It's profuse and it's sincere and it's extensive and I'm sorry. Now he says, you know what? I shouldn't have apologized because I just didn't do it. My PR people told me to apologize. That's what you're supposed to do in the Me Too movement era. And so I did. So he's got a different story now. Of course, Kevin Spacey, as you know, has had trouble for years. After he was written out of the House of Cards TV show, after various allegations, Spacey uh, paid a cool $31 million to the studio uh, for having uh, breached his contract. Uh, and uh, Kevin Spacey has pled not guilty to criminal sex assault charges in Britain. But what he did, what Kevin Spacey did on the stand in Manhattan uh, a couple of days ago, uh, was he tearfully testified uh, explaining that on the night in question back in the 1980s, he now has a little better recollection, he recalls he was with a 19-year-old man named John Barrowman. John Barrowman, who, uh, like Spacey, was gay, Uh, he uh, and Mr. Barrowman uh, were getting together, and Mr. Rapp was in the apartment, I guess it was a party, but Mr. Rapp was not involved, neither one of them had any interest in involving a 14-year-old young Mr. Rapp, and guess what? John Barrowman has testified in this case, and he's backed up Kevin Spacey's story. Uh, Mr. Spacey's lawyers have suggested in court 
that Mr. Rapp has fabricated the accusation out of frustration at Mr. Spacey for not speaking publicly about Spacey's sexuality. Uh, the uh, accuser, Mr. Rapp, gave an interview to BuzzFeed in 2017, saying that as Mr. Spacey's fame grew, Mr. Rapp found himself wanting to scream to the rooftops, this guy is a fraud. So when Spacey first took the stand on Monday, first he addressed his decision to keep his relationships with men private for so many years. He said his dad, uh, he described him as a white supremacist and a neo-Nazi, not a happy childhood, uh, despite the rumors about his sexuality, Spacey said he maintained his privacy. I had a lot of shame. I wanted people to remember characters I played and not know much about me. And it wasn't until BuzzFeed published the article about Rapp's accusations that Spacey publicly acknowledged having romantic relationships with men, writing, I choose now to live as a gay man. And a lot of people, you'll recall, criticized Spacey's decision to come out at the same time that he responded to Rapp's allegations of sexual misconduct. He acknowledged the criticism uh, in his testimony on the stand. He apologized for the timing. He said this was really wrong. By the way, if you're wondering, how is it Mr. Rapp is able to sue for money damages nowadays when it happened in the 1980s, you know, when Ronald Reagan was president? Well, New York in 2019 passed something called the Child Victims Act that extended the period of time in which child victims may sue. All right. Celebrity trial number three. And by the way, my prediction, Kevin Spacey's going to win. I don't know if it's celebrity justice. I don't know if it's uh, Mr. Barrowman and Kevin Spacey's refreshed recollection uh, uh, superseding that of Mr. Rapp, but I'm putting my money on Kevin Spacey walking on this one. All right. Trial number three, Elizabeth Holmes. Okay, you remember this lady. Oh, what a story. Pretty blonde lady. Very articulate, very charismatic, really husky voice. Everybody comments on how super impressive she was. Drops out of Stanford, so she doesn't have a degree. And she's not, you know, Isaac Newton or Albert Einstein, but, you know, she's smart enough. But somehow, somehow, this college dropout comes up with a technology where you give me a drop of your blood, and I'll tell you if you have any of 200 conditions, diseases, illnesses, and so on. And the secret is... She bumps into this uh, grandson of George Shultz, the former Secretary of State under uh, Ronald Reagan. And by having this door open to George Shultz and then Henry Kissinger and Mad Dog Mattis, the, the Secretary of Defense under Donald Trump, all of these rich and powerful people are suddenly on her side. They're contributing money. They're investing money. They're serving on the board of directors of Theranos, this uh, weirdo uh, mythical company she came up with to support this non-existent technology. And boom, off they go, except <laughs> it doesn't work. And instead of her saying, I'm really sorry, thought it would work, didn't work. Maybe I should have finished my science degree at Stanford. Instead, she just starts lying and, and, and running tests on, on other machines that use you know, a gallon of blood, not a drop of blood, and, and telling investors and patients and doctors, hey, it really works. So she was convicted. So what happened recently? What happened was one of the government uh, witnesses <clears throat> who testified against Elizabeth Holmes, one of her colleagues at Theranos, had some sort of a weird uh, nervous breakdown slash attack of conscience. And he shows up at her and her husband's house a couple of months ago, and he's distraught, and he wants to talk to her, and the husband says, well, what is this? You testified against us at trial. Yeah, but, you know, I'm really concerned. I'm guilty because, you know, I think the prosecution uh, misinterpreted my words. They twisted them, and it's just not fair. And at first, the husband sends him away, saying, get away from me. I don't want you bothering my wife. But then the husband thinks, yeah, yeah, you know, we might be able to use this. So the husband tells the lawyers for Theranos, 
that is for Elizabeth Holmes. And next thing you know, the lawyers have filed a motion for a new trial, brand new trial. And so the judge said, well, this is uh, interesting, but we're going to have to have a hearing. So he held, held an evidentiary hearing the other day where this guy that had the second thoughts uh, would testify. And so did he come forward and say, well, uh, I was wrong. I lied. I, I, I said something, but it was totally misinterpreted by the prosecution. So the, to the extent the jury may have considered my testimony important in, in finding her guilty and sending her to prison for decades and keeping her away from her newborn child, I want justice to be done. Did he say that? No. He gets on the stand and he says, I, I told the truth. Nothing I said was not the truth. And the government never told me to do anything other than tell the truth. Okay, that's it. You think, you think the judge is going to uh, go for uh, Elizabeth Holmes under those circumstances? You know, at best, at best, he, somebody could make an argument that, okay, he told the truth, the government didn't cheat by telling him to lie, but the government somehow twisted his words, misinterpreted them, was playing games and trying to mesmerize and hypnotize the, the jury into thinking that his testimony meant X when he really meant Y. That's a crock. Every single trial involves a final argument where the lawyers on both sides say, okay, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, let's look back at the testimony. And I'm here to tell you that when you heard Mr. Jones, you heard him say X. Well, that means that my client should win. And the other side is free to get up and say, did you hear that crock? That guy claimed that the testimony of Mr. X meant a certain thing. It didn't mean that at all. So it's a completely free a level playing field for all the lawyers to argue how testimony should be interpreted. The fact that this oddball guy has some sort of a mental breakdown and shows up at her door and then he changes his mind, it ain't going to result in a new trial for Elizabeth Holmes. So case closed. My prediction, no new trial for Elizabeth Holmes. Hey, when we come back, the fourth and final celebrity trial, will Scientology actor Danny Masterson be convicted of rape? Stick with us on Jimmy Lane. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. Okay, we're going through the... Uh... Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Celebrity Palooza list of uh, trials going on right now. That's an unusual uh, batch of them all at once. Danny Masterson was in the uh, That 70s Show years ago. Uh, and uh, he's been in Scientology for a long time. Uh, he's been accused by three women of raping them. Uh, the women also have been uh, members of the church. Uh, and so the judge uh, is struggling with this case in Los Angeles. It started several days ago. It's going to go on for weeks. Why is the judge struggling? Because the trial really can't be about Scientology. And the judges said as much. The trial can't be about Scientology because if it is, it won't be fair. It'll mean that the jury will say, well, I have a really strong opinion about Scientology. I just love it, so I'm voting for Danny. Or I really hate it, so I'm voting against Danny. You can't have that. They just wouldn't be fair. But here's the catch. Prosecution says that the reason the accusers waited a decade to report the rape 
was because Scientology church members threatened them and they argue, the prosecution argues, that church doctrine says, you know, if you've got a problem with what folks inside the church are doing, keep it internal, okay? We've got our own internal mechanisms for justice. So ixnay on the cops and the filing of the lawsuits and the complaints and so on. By the way, we talked about statute of limitations on, uh, on a couple of the other cases today. What about the statute of limitations uh, in terms of rape here? Well, the defense argued that there is a 10-year statute of limitations in California. If you don't make the complaint within 10 years, you may not, the prosecutor may not go forward and uh, pursue the case. However, the district attorney responded by saying that because Masterson's alleged rape was accompanied by certain aggravating factors, it exposes him to a potential life sentence, and under California's one-strike law, the statute of limitations does not apply. And they argued there were a bunch of aggravating factors here, multiple victims, and guess what? The judge agreed with the prosecution, and therefore, even though the three women waited a decade or more to come forward and thus, the criminal charges came more than a decade after the alleged rape. Nonetheless, it, it may go forward. It really gets back to the question of, you know, how, how can you be sure that the jury that you're picking is going to be fair when you have such heavy-duty cult issues? You have to find out in the jury selection process who the secret haters or lovers of Scientology are. But you can't make the case about Scientology. I mean, the judge has to really worry about reversal by a higher court if the judge you know, blows a call about jury questions or evidence during the trial. The risk of not allowing questions about the Church of Scientology is so controversial that some jurors will base their vote on whether they like or hate the Church. You only want them to make a fair call on whether there was a crime. So the judge has to walk this fine line, keep stuff out that will inspire a biased vote, but keep information in that's necessary to make sure the trial is fair to both the defense and the prosecution. And, you know, again, this classic argument by the defense, uh, hey, you waited so long to, uh, to make this allegation, and, and the defense is pointing out, oh, by the way, the three women who uh, went to the, uh, the government and, and alleged rape, they filed a civil lawsuit for money damages in 2019, allowing the defense to say they're just in it for the money. Are they just in it for the money? Not necessarily. Just because somebody files a suit for money damages doesn't mean that an allegation of a criminal charge, of a criminal violation is false. Generally, jurors try to keep, uh, uh, I'm sorry, judges try to keep jurors' private lives, religion, sex, and drugs out of a trial, but Scientology is the elephant in the room. Okay, that's it on uh, the Masterson trial. My prediction, yeah, I think he's going to be convicted. The evidence seems very strong. Well, that'll do it for the special edition of Too Many Lawyers. <clears throat> Connor, we'll be back next week. And in the meantime, stay healthy, avoid COVID, and if you're a celebrity, try not to get sued. See you later. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart.
Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale. Even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great.